0: It's it's the the Gist your podcast. we have a very special guest today charlotte velasquez did i get that right
1: you did hell perfect. yeah
0: thank you so much for coming over
1: Josh, thank you so much for having me. I am excited. I am happy.
0: This is going to be cool because I don't know you very well. And so this is an opportunity. So far, the the people that I've had on, I've, I've known for a minute. And so this is going to be a new experience for me, which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? But I really do appreciate coming on the program.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, uh, right off the bat, I just want to point out one of one of the coolest things about you. And there and there are many things, but one of the coolest things about you is you are a helicopter mechanic.
1: I am. <laughs> that is so
0: badass, dude.
1: Thank you so much. Like,
0: that is so badass. Like, it's one thing to see a chick in a truck, but you're working on helicopters, man. That is so cool.
1: Thank you. And actually, I guess one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do that is my career or whatever is... My dad taught me all about cars growing up, right? I was always the one just holding the flashlight, you know, helping him change the brake, change the oils and all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, this might be useful when I'm an adult, when I own a car and everything like that. But I I was just so, I guess, interested in aviation and becoming a pilot and doing all of this other stuff. And I was like, the closest I can get, the better, right? And I was like, what better way than to know my vehicle or my vessel like one-on-one so now that
0: you're changing oil on helicopters is do you want a helicopter now is that where that's going
1: well i couldn't afford one
0: that would still be pretty sweet that would be pretty sweet imagine parking that thing at the mcdonald's you know i know it i know it (laughs) get out i'd like a double cheeseburger please they'd probably just give it to you for free i'm sure the fact that you showed up in your own helicopter (laughs) So, how long have you been doing that?
1: Seven years now.
0: Seven years, and we won't say what branch of the military you're in because I do want to ask you about your experience in the military. I don't want anything to come back and bite you in the ass. But um, so, seven years. How mu- how how much longer do you have?
1: Um, currently, I have. About four years left on this contract. So I'll be at 11 years of service whenever I finish on this contract. However, I think that I'm going to be a lifer. You know, I have a lot of youth ahead of me. I have a lot of enthusiasm for my job and what I do and the type of people that I interact with, the places that I get to go. And so I want to continue this for as long as possible, you know, through retirement, I'm sure.
0: How many women are, are in this position?
1: a handful maybe yeah a handful maybe I only have one other no I'm sorry there's so few of us there's two other girls that I work with that are also helicopter mechanics um there's not a lot you know you have a lot of people that are you know pilots and that's awesome. And you have people that are essentially like helicopter electricians and you have a bunch of women in that field. But like when it comes down to just like getting your hands dirty, not a lot of people want to do that. And so it is very, very, very few. I'd say I can count on two of my hands.
0: I mean, do you when you wake up in the morning and you put the aviators on, do you feel like a badass? <laughs> You know, is it like a Top Gun moment? Do you listen to the Top Gun, Top Gun soundtrack on your way to work every day?
1: Oh, this is so bad. I've never <laughs> seen Top Gun. However, okay. I know. Well, what thanks you for listening to the Just about. Josh
0: and Your Podcast. Uh, that was fun. Oh, no. we're Just
1: Josh, you haven't. You, it, you have no, it it haven't seen Top
0: Gun. I haven't. What is going on here? And I also didn't watch Black Hawk Down until
1: after being in this job for I. Four or five years, wow. right? I'm just—I'm one of those people. I have not seen well.
0: That's okay. A lot of we won't hold and it that's, that's, you. that's okay. Have you seen Back to the Future? I have. Okay, then we're good then. Yeah, as long right. as you've seen Back okay, to the Future. Thanks. Yeah, free pass. Okay, thanks. But you should watch Top Gun. I mean, they're not flying helicopters, but it's still pretty badass, and it's got Tommy Cruise in it.
1: Ugh, such a babe.
0: You like Tom smoke Cruise? Show
1: smoke show one hundred percent. You know
0: he's aged pretty well. He has. You know, when you look at some of the co-stars he's been with, like like the the hot chickadees, and yeah. then what they look like today, you're like, whoa! Yeah, I want to. Know, Chris, I want to know
1: what his skincare routine is, or something, or well, genetics, maybe. I don't know. It's that
0: Scientology magic <laughs> that he's working on. There. <laughs> maybe that's the secret.
1: I hope not.
0: Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's
1: Scientology, <laughs> or maybe it's Maybelline. You know, yeah, it, it we've got be. everybody wearing makeup nowadays. It could be anyway.
0: Maybelline. That it is true. Be that is look i'm i'm sure you're used to it by now but (laughs) i i uh you just don't see a lot of women and you're 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 petite and you're cute and you 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 seem very um well girly you know what i mean like you're 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 a girl but i mean you you obviously have that persona you can totally hang with the guys but you know when you said that it it kind of just i was like whoa because you just i didn't see that coming so i thought that was just so freaking badass
1: I think that, you know, I just haven't really, maybe I'm just not like, I don't share that part of my life, I guess, with so many people. Because at the end of the day, I'm just like, hey, you know what, this is my job. This is second to me, to, I guess, like my primary job and what I do every single day, right? Like every day is going to look different. And it's not every single day that I get to work on a helicopter. It's not every single day I get to fly in a helicopter. You know, we have so many other obligations sure I'd say that it kind of gets a little lost in what what I want to talk about You know when I'm coming home and when I'm meeting new people you know I want you to know me as like hey like this is my personality you know this is who I am when you get to interact with me this is not the person that I am really at work if that makes sense
0: sure no you know because
1: it is it is still a profession it is still hopefully a long-term career for me um but there's a lot more to life than your 9 to 5.
0: Sure. No, absolutely. But a lot of people don't, you know, go get to work on freaking awesome helicopters from 9 to 5. So it is a little different there. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to compete with the mailman.
1: Well, I almost it's, just feel... He's, em- he's I, got I'd nothing to em-
0: talk about.
1: <laughs> I think maybe I almost feel, like, embarrassed sometimes because it's kind of hard to accept that type of attention. You know what I mean? Like so you don't
0: like the attention.
1: Oh no, I love attention. Oh,
0: there it is. I love attention. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? (laughs) Well, then I would think you'd start off with that. Where's the tattoo of the helicopter, man? I mean, that you got to (laughs) start advertising this stuff. (laughs) No way. (laughs) So, how has that been uh, working with with I mean, predominantly male uh, dudes working with you? How how do you feel like you've been you've been treated? Equally, have you, have you felt, have you felt like there's uh, any differentiation there or is, is all, all is fair and love and war?
1: I think with what I do specifically, it's pretty equal, right? However, um, you know, I do have a close friend who has been in this industry a lot longer than I have and does pretty much the exact same job that I do, Right. Who has experience. I wouldn't say discrimination. However, it's just like, you know, you like you said, you don't generally see women like us doing these types of jobs. Right. Right. So you don't see, you know, small girly girls being mechanics, especially with heavy equipment. Um, And so you've I've. OK, I have a story for you, actually. OK, so I have experience. In my job. You know, uh-huh. I've been doing the same damn thing for years and years and years and years.
0: You poor thing.
1: <sighs> I know. Um, but I have a colleague who has been to the same places that I have been, who has done the same jobs that I have been, who has the same job experience that I do have. However, this person is a lot more outspoken with their abilities and with their experience. So, you know, they're one of the type of people that comes in and it's like, hey, I am so good at this. I know everything about this. You know, if you're looking for somebody with answers, I'm your man, right? And I would say that I'm just not outspoken in that way to where I let my... Performance speaks for itself. Like I don't have to tell people I'm good at my job. I don't have to do all of this stuff. Um, I actually was in this situation where I was in a an essentially like a management position, okay. right? And I had people who were trying to coordinate some things and they kind of needed my opinion just for the sake of being able to coordinate this and what works the best for the entire picture, right? So they wanted my input. So I gave him my input. And um, I wouldn't say that they didn't believe me. However, they took it upon themselves to go and seek guidance from this other person who, like I said, we have, you know, the exact same amount of time in service, the exact same amount of time in our job experiences. And I have... What I would consider more experienced than this person just because I was in a role where I was able to essentially quantify their experience at one point and be able to see that and everything, you know, which people don't do that on a normal basis. But, but um, they asked his opinion and he pretty much told them what I said verbatim. And I I was just sitting there like, okay, you know, he said it, I said it, and then they again asked somebody else's opinion, and he said the same thing that I said. And I think that because it came from people that are more outspoken and people who trust Jace, just based off of their, I wouldn't say personality, but their outward appearance of knowing their shit Uh right they trusted their word over mine and i i tried to like tell them like hey you know like this is something that i've said before you know this is the exact same thing that i was telling you right like and and i just feel like we don't get enough credit
0: oh for sure
1: because it's the same thing as, you know, a car mechanic. You know, you take your car down to a shop and you're like, hey, you know, there's these men or whatever that generally would be working on your cars and you see a woman and she happens to be a mechanic. My thought even, and maybe I'm off of for saying this, is that I'm going to probably assume that she's a receptionist.
0: No, I mean look, and and I don't I, I think a lot of people without being malicious would innocently make that, make that judgment call. I mean, wh- when you told me you were in the military, that was the last thing that I thought that you were doing. And, and I, d- I also want to say thank you for your service, by the way, because I, I don't, I don't think it would be easy, especially in the the political, uh, it doesn't matter Republican or Democrat. I think it's hard for you guys. You guys are always the topic of almost every debate, the military, I particularly, just my opinion, don't think you guys are treated all that well. Um, in in the experience that, that I've had in talking to other um service members. I, I feel like you guys deserve so much more than than what you're given just because you're our brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? On on the front line. You're our friends and family. And sometimes I feel like they they kind of don't hold they, they 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 almost like you're expendable to a certain extent,
1: right, I think sometimes they forget that, like, hey, we're people too, you know, we may be trained to become like machines or to work like machines and and to do things as we are programmed to, and as we're told, and everything like that, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know we're still people, right, and um, you know, thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate that.
0: Well, we can't do it without you guys. Your willingness to go and and serve. I mean, it's. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. I've, I'm too much of a pussy. I. I mean, I, and I don't like to run. I. The only thing I'll run for is a basketball, and half the time I get yelled at for that too. So, I. I just think anytime I, I see, you know, a service member. I, I know, kind of living in a in a community where there are a lot of military. It's funny how that that persona changes, because where I come from, when you see a service member, you go up and hey, thank you for your service. Like it's not it's few and far between, whereas they're all over here. And right. I, and so I,
1: everybody you never know it's, if it's somebody like little, is somebody right. is. And that's just, you know,
0: and it's a little desensitized.
1: Sure. Especially here, you know, you've got a lot of retired military here. You've got a lot of active members and everything like that. And and I think it's just like, oh, well, it's just another one of my neighbors or just another one of my buddies passing through and everything like that.
0: But it hits home for me more because now when I see that our service, not that it didn't that it didn't bother me prior, but it kind of hits home a little more when you hear of service members dying in the line of duty especially frivolously in some cases and I'm just like man those are my friends like I I that it's harder for me now because I know active military and I see day to day what what you know I'm obviously I'm not there but I I I watch and I see how hard it is at times and what is expected of of some of the the people serving and I I I think it's a thankless job is I guess is what I'm trying to say uh, I mean, you guys at the drop of the hat can be called wherever God knows, you know, in, in the world. And uh, you're told your orders and you just have to go and do it. Like, it doesn't matter what the purpose is, what the motive behind it is. You're, you're our defense. And when they when they ask you to to hit the ground running, you guys are just expected to say, yes, sir. Or, yes, ma'am. And I just, I think that that's, that there's there's a, uh, a a deep respect, at least from my standpoint in that, because I just think there aren't a lot of people that, that are willing to do that. So.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I have definitely noticed that in places that I've been that are not super, I guess, government or military Ford, you know, um, that a lot of times people will say like, Hey, you know, like, not my monkeys, not my circus. Right. right. Like a lot of things that have to do with politics or with the government or with the military or world events or anything like that. You know, they're like, well, that's not really my problem. And and I think that people s- forget sometimes that you do have friends, you do have family members and everything like that, that are going through this. And I think that that's super helpful, at least Where I'm at in my career and with the people that I know and work with right now is that like, if we do not have a sense of community in the community where we're stationed, where we work, where we live and everything like that, that at least we know that within our organization, we have community. You know, we have people to our left and our right that we can lean on and confide in and trust you know, to be there for us when we're going through it. And a lot of times we joke around and saying like, hey, like embrace the suck or like, you know, all of us are going through it. So it really can't be that bad. And it is tough sometimes, but it's nice to know, I guess that you've got people kind of silently rooting for you. Sure. You know, because it's definitely not something that you hear every day.
0: No and and like I said I think I think in a in an area where there's so many it becomes desensitized and you forget to I I sure I sure have I mean my my gosh, if I wanted to uh, spend my day thanking people for their service, I would just never come home because <laughs> it's all you run into, you know what I mean?
1: For sure, especially in this area.
0: Right. So, I, you know, coming from a place where, you know, you don't see service members very often, so automatically, you know, if you're in the airport or whatever, you go up and go, hey, just want you to know I appreciate your service. You know, here, you don't hear that very much because everyone's pretty much serving, so...
1: I think I kind of have a little bit of a different perspective when it comes to that as well, just from my side, right? Like you've got people that have served and and have been many places, some places that are not super forward and super accepting of us and some places that are like really, really proud to have us there and happy to have us around and stuff like that. That like, I think even like there's been less people, you know, traveling in, at airports, in their uniform, you know, going home and surprising their families in their uniform and a lot of stuff because I think that they get a little embarrassed sometimes because you've got your friends being like, oh, like you think you're special and all of that, Um, that you kind of just want to just strip away essentially sure. from that entire person that you are while you're at work so that you can appreciate your friendships and your family outside of that. Because like you, you, you know, you're living this Day to day, right? And you don't get a lot of time for yourself. You don't get a lot of time to become who you want to be as a person because you have to be who they want you to be as a person. And so, I guess maybe that's where I'm just not so—I'd say even like enthusiastic about talking about my job all of the time. Sure, is because that's my job. You know, I—I guess I don't—I don't have a lot of experience outside of this either. You know, I've worked. Two jobs. You know, I was in a grocery store, I was at an assisted living facility. So I don't have a lot of experience outside of this. But, you know, say you are in the um, customer service industry or something like that, or say you're a police officer or a restaurant worker with a uniform or a stripper, even, right? You're going to come home, you're going to deload, you're going to take a shower take all of that out and just kind of relax and kind of like try to get rid of that because at the end of the day that is just solely what makes you money and there's a lot of things in your life that mean a lot more in my opinion than just making you money and your job
0: oh it's a very and that's a very uh unique perspective how old are you 26 see that blows my mind like maybe, maybe, um, you credit the military for, for that, uh, exponential growth for someone your age, but I mean, you carry yourself so much higher. You're like a, you're like a, you don't, you know, you don't look 50, but you're like a 50 year old <laughs> in a 26 year old's body. You know what I mean? Thank You've you. got a very, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is your, you're sharp. And it, it's cool to have a, uh, a conversation with uh, someone that's knowledgeable and uh, uh, is is articulate, that that can have these discussions, because I don't think it's very common for somebody your age. Just, just saying. I uh, quick question: Did you have family members previously that were in the military?
1: None for my immediate family. So no. you're the,
0: you're the first. You're the first to serve in your family.
1: Um, I am. I believe on you know my biological mother's side of the family. I think my great grandfather was in the military. And that's pretty much it. You know, I've got extended family members from my stepmother's side of the family that have served in the military. Um, I'm not exactly sure of how long that they did, but no, nobody really in my family that I'd say that I was super close to.
0: So what, what finally drove you to that decision that, oh yeah, I want to be in the military?
1: This may sound crazy, but um, at a younger age, you know, we were raised on welfare, you know, so we got government assistance. There was a lot of stuff that I feel like the government, whether it be state or federal, that has done for me in supporting me as a child into adulthood that I honestly, when I joined the military, I thought that it was like my civil duty to give back essentially to what I thought was an amazing country that had all of these great opportunities and, and great assistances for people that needed it, you know? And so initially I was just like, hey, you know, I'm going to just do my time and, you know, get out and say that I returned the favor essentially. Um, but, uh, you know, I've come to enjoy what I do. It just It was kind of just...
0: But you didn't set out when you joined to specifically work on helicopters, did you?
1: No. No. So so
0: so tell me, obviously I don't know cuz I've never <laughs> joined. So when you join the military, how is it decided what field you're going to go into?
1: So you essentially take a test. And it covers everything from shapes to math to English to mechanical skills to like general knowledge your knowledge about communication your knowledge excuse me your knowledge about math science just how everything works you know personality tests and everything like that and they take this data and essentially give you a score and your score you know I think it ranges from I want to say like 30 to 90 something maybe 100 I'm not exactly sure um, but within that score, they break it down even further into different categories, essentially, right? Like if you high, if you score higher in one of these fields, you may be better suited to do this, or you may be better suited to that. However, there are some things that are a little bit more weighted than that other things, excuse me, that if you score high in those, you can pretty much do anything that you want. You know, and you've got people that have, you know, jobs in intelligence, jobs in radio communications, jobs in human resources and everything like that, that may even score lower than the people that don't really have as what some people would consider um, intellectually challenging jobs, you know, like. I'm going to sound really bad for saying this, but a lot of people, especially in the military, just because we know, um, so generally the infantry, right? Everybody thinks that like, oh, they just want to go and beat people and (laughs) shoot people and fight and work out and, you know, eat a bunch and cuss a lot and all of that stuff. But statistically, the infantry actually scores a lot higher on these exams, When joining the military, but their intentions behind joining was never to get like the, you know, top secret, you know, working for the FBI type jobs, they just really truly do just want to serve their country. And so that's why they choose these, you know, other jobs. So essentially, like you score a certain amount and they give you options, right? So one, it's options based off of your score, right? Like, hey, this is what you're qualified for. Like, I'm sorry, if you don't score high, you're not really qualified for some of the jobs that I think would challenge a lot of people just based off of like their general knowledge, right? Like some things may be a little bit ahead of you and you can work towards that maybe one day, but these are the things that we can offer you. But I think it's also based off of what they say is just like the needs, right? So, you know, I may come into the military or I may be interested in coming into the military in November and everything is all good. These are all of the things that are presented to me. And then all of a sudden, you know, some crazy world event happens or there's a natural disaster here in our country and all of a sudden there is a need for other types of people in the military and so they're like hey like this is what we have to offer and you pretty much have your pick um I definitely can say that a lot of people are rushed into choosing things because they're like, Hey, these are your options. This is what you have available based off your scores. Right. And based off of our needs. And I don't think a lot of people take enough time to sit back and say, Hey, you know what? I am under no obligation to say yes, you know, until I sign this contract with you. So I wouldn't say that there's a bunch of people that settle necessarily. Um, in my case I did, uh, this was my second best option in my opinion. Um, I was offered a job as a pilot uh in two separate branches um and I want to say this is in December and I'm super excited you know I quit college I'm like this is going to be my thing I'm going to join the military this is forward motion for me. And all of a sudden it came to a halt because, you know, somebody's um, state, you know, and there's a difference between like state jobs, federal jobs and everything like that. Some states pay for certain people to have certain jobs because that is what that state specifically needs. And so like, hey, you know what, I'm sorry you lost out on this opportunity because their state is going to pay a hell of a lot more for them to go through this training than the federal government is because, you know, to the U.S. government or the federal government as a whole, like, you're a dime a dozen. Um, So, unfortunately, I lost out on that specific opportunity, and they said, hey, you can still do this. You just need to wait five months. And I was like, well, shit, you know, I've already – quit college. I've already quit my job like I kind of need to get the ball rolling because I didn't really have a lot of options. And I understand that some people do, you know, you never really know the reasons behind people making moves like that until you get to know them and start talking to them about it. Um and I just didn't want to wait and, you know, so I I had conversations with other people that I knew had um prior service in the military some people that have experienced different types of jobs some people that I've reclassified into different jobs and I heard like hey being a helicopter mechanic is pretty badass right so if they offer you that you should probably take that and you know it came up and and I just remember being so I guess like naive essentially about what I could have expected in this job. You know, I have somebody that was interested in that job during their service and they're like, yeah, like it's going to be so cool. You're going to go and shoot guns out of helicopters and you're going to fly around all over the place and everything. Little did I know that I was just going to be a helicopter mechanic, you know? So I'm embarrassing myself during basic training being like, Oh, well I'm a crew chief, right? (laughs) I didn't even know what the hell that meant. didn't even know what that meant I didn't know that that was a you know rite of passage I didn't know that that was additional training that you had to go through I didn't know that you had to be in a specific unit to be able to do that I was just like yeah like my boyfriend said that I was just gonna be cool and I'm a crew chief right <laughs> no it was so silly um but I'm definitely glad that I was able to you know earn that role sure eventually and be like yeah well I I didn't know what I was talking about back then, but look at me now, right? Right. Um and and so no, like it was not my first choice. Um but it was the best choice I guess at the time.
0: I don't think it would uh serve the conversation well going into going into the political side. So th- this isn't politically driven. Uh it's a it's a genuine Uh, question that i've wanted to ask on air when tragedies happen like when we pulled out of afghanistan and we lose 15 uh, marines uh which my personal opinion is it wasn't needed um do you guys do you guys as a group uh, you know Do you guys talk about that? Does that affect you guys?
1: 100%. We actually had months worth of dialogue within our, you know, small groups, larger groups, you know, asking a lot of opinions and giving a lot of support. You know, you've got a lot of people that have served prior to 9-11 that are still potentially serving. Granted, they're way up there, you know, you know, these are not people that you interact with on a daily basis. And a lot of people who purposefully have served since then. You know, because they thought that, you know, they this is something that's super important. And, um, again, not going too much into the politics. I think a lot of the big question that we've had, I guess, within our ranks is overspending 20 years in Afghanistan, like, and pulling out like that. Like, was it all for nothing, right? You know, countless lives lost, you know, the amount of money that was spent, the amount of training that was put into it, the amount of media coverage that there was, you know, the, the growth, I guess, for us as a military and as a country and everything like that, the, uh, support that we have given to other countries since then, a lot of people, um, you could assume would think that like, man, all of those wasted resources, you know, whether it be like time or money or, you know, lives. Um, but I think, from my conversations that I've had with a lot of people is that we are not thinking of it as a waste, you know, or something so tragic. Yes, I think that, you know, it could have maybe been done more gracefully, but also, you know, I'm I'm not a person in a position to make those calls, you know, sure. I can have an opinion about it. Sure. But my opinion's just the same as anybody else's. It's mine. And, right. you know, it, it may not have a huge impact and it may not reach a lot of people. Um, but I know I'm not the only one with this opinion. Um, but I, I think the general consensus that I can say that I've drawn from people that I've spoken to that I've been there, you know, since the early 2000s, since this was a huge thing, you know, and I've never had a combat deployment myself. So I seek this type of um, I guess, perspective on it is that it was not a waste because, you know, we also spent 20 years giving the population in Afghanistan, you know, the sense of safety,
0: sure. you know,
1: the sense of assurance that, you know, if something bad starts happening to them, that we are going to be there to help them and support them. You know, it was 20 years people being born after that and becoming adults, being able to live during a time where they did not have to worry as much as they had previously, right? And, and we offered that to them. And, that, and that's something that we provided to them for so long. And yes, it is tragic that, you know, that suddenly became no longer available because, you know, it, it, that was their norm. You know, from childhood all the way through adulthood, that was their norm. Or even people that have lived through tragedy previously and got to experience, you know, tranquility for a short 20 year period of time and then, you know, be subjected to the afterwards. God, it's awful. But, you know, I don't think that it was for nothing. I don't think that it was time wasted. I think that there was a lot of things that the entire world learned during that time. So, so I think at the end of the day that it, it was still beneficial, you know, and like I said, my opinion on whether or not we could have, you know, given them a heads up or something, (laughs) you know, at at the end of the day, could that really change anything? You know, when you've got a, a majority of people who are wrongdoers, who would take any opportunity to do wrong, whether they know that it's know that they're going to give be given the opportunity 5 years from now or tomorrow or whatever whenever they are presented a chance they're going to do it you know so i, I at this point i guess I, do, I just don't think that it would have made such a huge difference in how long it took us sure um versus i guess the ext- extremity extremeness of what happened afterwards. You okay. know, it's it's almost like night and day, you know, that we spent so long trying to prevent a lot of this stuff from happening and then suddenly overnight, you know, it's happening again and it's not like we can just say like oops. You know, we messed up, let's just go back, you know. Yeah, and and as you've seen and and it's I don't know how, you know, dark we're getting here, but you know, you had people who were clinging to Air, uh, airplanes you know just trying to get out and we were trying right. to help as many people out as we possibly could because what they thought that they would have experienced there without us being there is far worse than you know falling out of the air sure. you know and that's so 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 awful and it's tragic and it's, it's saddening and hurtful to so many people that have lived through this you know and have been alive during this time. but, um I guess i I guess there's just a lot more exposure now because of social media and everything because sure. it's not the first time that crazy things have happened in countries across the entire globe, you know, where where it's it's like it's a war you know, one day and then all of a sudden we figure out like, hey, you know, we can make this work. You know, we can have like a peace treaty or we can calm down for a little bit enough for one of us at least to get a leg up or one of us to rebuild ourselves or one of us to have enough resources to support the people and everything like that. It's just, you know, I feel like in history, it's just it's not been you know it's not been televised it's not been shown over social media it's not been over the radio and everything like that all of these technical tech technological, technological yeah um advances and god what's the word i'm looking for
0: well people, availability right, that right, we have you know people just didn't have is, access right, right.
1: to news um and it, it and it almost seems like you know this this is not the first time that something like this has happened maybe not to this scale maybe not to our knowledge to the scale you know cuz before google archives you know you had written book you had shit carved into
0: rocks right
1: you know um so so i mean i guess it's hard to say as as even just a person, right? whether or not I think you know this was a good or a bad thing, I think it was just you know a thing that happened, and I can empathize with the people that are going through it. I can you know sympathize with a lot of you know people seeking support and seeking, I guess, um, I guess validation towards how how they're feeling about the situation and everything like that. However, I also have a different perspective because of my role in our society, you know, that I am military and at the end of the day, like you said, like sometimes we kind of just have to be like, hey, you know, I was told to go and do this. So I'm going to go and do this. You know, we may not agree and you've got a bunch of people that disagree and, you know, make it well known that they disagree. But at the end of the day, it's it is not somebody on my, I guess, echelon of opinion that matters, you know, to say anything.
0: Well, and I mean, essentially, I would assume when you sign up, you're forfeiting your right to an opinion, really. Right. I mean, I mean, they, they at that point, they own you and you're, you're just expected to do whatever job they they want you to do.
1: Yes and no. I used to think about that. A lot, right? I was like, hey, you know what? This is my job. I'm gonna do what I'm told. But as I have spent a little more time in the military, and you know, I may catch shit for this later, but like I mentioned previously, you know, we're still people. We're not machines. We are not made to be programmed right to think or feel a certain way. Our bodies, our our brains are going to think or feel a certain way just because that's the way that everything works, you know, like you can't control those things. And so, you know, a lot of people tend to, I think early on in their careers, be a little more hesitant about sharing their feelings, sharing their emotions, sharing their thoughts, you know, bringing up ideas, but, you know, I encourage even my juniors like, "Hey, like if you have an idea, like pre- please bring that forward so we can maybe incorporate it in our day-to-day operations so we can, you know, um acknowledge that you may have a different perspective that may help us, you know, I think that it, it is a a lot more progressive than it ever has been with a lot of like people being able to share their opinions and saying like, you know, I think this is right, I think this is wrong, or, or maybe even thinking that, hey, I am not always going to be the smartest or the most expert at the thing that I'm thinking or the thing that I'm doing, even in the military, when you have a specific job. And so now, I, I I think that I've been able to be more comfortable in sharing my opinions with stuff when I'm just like, hey, you know what? This kind of sounds dumb, right? And and seeking the the answers from a lot of people from higher up, just just looking for answers and being like, hey, like why are we doing this? You know, and not settling for well because we told you so.
0: Do you feel like you're supported in that in that theology though, like? Do you do you feel like that your that your concerns or your opinions at the end of the day really matter?
1: Um for me personally yes I do, but I think that it, it just depends on your role, right? So me in my role specifically, I have other people that I have to look out for, right? And it's not just, you know, a large group of people that I have to make sure like nobody dies, right? Like sure that's a huge responsibility, but I have people, you know, that have personal lives, people that have families, people that have financial issues, people that have, you know, hormones, people, you know, from all different walks of life that experience life differently. And I have to be receptive to how they deal with things day to day while still trying to like get the job done essentially. Right. And so I want most people that I work with to know like, Hey, like, you know, I hear you, you know, and I'm here for you. But still kind of keep it, like, professional in the sense it's like, yes, I do still have to remind you, like, yes, this is a profession. Yes, this is our job and everything like that. But, like, I get it, like, you know, if you are feeling off or or if you disagree with this, because, like, I don't believe in not asking questions. Sure. Right? Like, if you're not curious about what you're doing or why you're doing it, like, I I wouldn't be okay with doing it. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, this may have happened way back when, but if I share my opinion with you, so long as I am being respectful or coming from a good place and like truly wanting to gain knowledge or truly wanting to gain perspective or find out a reason why without, you know, the nagging, like, why, 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 why? You know, I'm not going to get beat up for it. Right. You know, there's not going to be rocks thrown at me for asking questions. So at the end of the day, I'm still going to, you know, I guess um, try to answer questions at least for myself. Right. Like if nobody else understands why I'm doing this or if nobody else understands why they're doing something like at least I kind of have a little bit of a picture because I ask the questions, you know, because, you know, you've got to be skeptical because it's it's been repeated i guess throughout the years is that like not everybody just because you are in a place of power or just because you are in a management position or in somewhere where you have control like not everybody is going to have the best intentions right and so i think at some point yes you do have to say like yes this is my job this is what i'm supposed to do but at some point you also have the opportunity i guess to to defend your like moral compass or your values or your knowledge even like to say hey I don't think this is right you know and and they I'd say encourage that a lot more now than they did when I first joined um but at the same time you know we still see people struggling to bring their opinions forward and bring their thoughts forward and bring their questions forward without the feeling of like being reprimanded after because you do have a lot of traditional or molded people to feel and think a certain way after being in for so long that they they don't like being questioned you know they don't like being challenged and I don't know if it's like a macho thing or why and I can't even say it's a macho thing you know it's men and women um that have a little bit more experience that like you know it's I guess nobody really wants to feel second-guessed, whether you are at, you know, my level or you're the freaking president. You know, you want to think that, like, hey, I'm going to make these decisions and I'm supposed to have all of these supporters and everything like that, but I think it takes a lot of maturity even or common sense to know that not everybody's going to think like
0: you. Sure. There's going to be variation in everything. Right. How did you... uh well, what's the consensus on the, the vaccine mandate? Because you talk about, you guys are out there fighting for our freedoms and yours as well. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, you you have to do this. And it's not a, it's not a, we're not asking, we're telling. How did that go over?
1: So I have to be honest, at some point I had to relate this to having a dog or a friend or something, and I'm going to be the dog and the friend in this situation, right? So you've got a dog that you want to do tricks for you, right? So you start to, have you ever heard of Pavlov, Pavlov? The Pavlovian, um, not syndrome. Um, It's, it's, there was this scientist or philosopher or somebody named Pavlov um, that, started it it was an experiment experiment with rats right where if the rats started to do the right things and the things that you wanted to do for them you'd give them like a little piece of cheese or a little treat or something like that right until they can like navigate things and they do this a lot with like dog training where you know you want your dog to sit so you tell them to sit and if they do you give them a treat but you also associate that with like a click right on their little counter thing you you give them dual sensory stimulation, essentially, right? Where you're like, all right, this is awesome. And you get something that you like and you give them a little click, right? And eventually they associate the good thing, the treat with the click that they're hearing, right? And, you know, you can apply this even to relationships with people or or friendships or your job or anything like that. And in this case, we're talking about your job where, you know, you do small things, right? You do as you're told and you get a little click, right? You're like, oh, well, you know, hey guys, you worked so hard this week and we really appreciate your effort. Thank you so much. And you don't hear that a lot, especially from your leaders or from the other people that you work with. So you're like, Hell yeah, that felt good. You know, that, that feels nice to be appreciated, you know? So that's my click, right? But you're also getting the treat, right? You know, and maybe I'm humble in saying this, but my treat is like, you know, I, I am, I'm on salary, you know, I know I'm going to get a paycheck a couple of weeks from now, unless I truly fuck up, right? you know, I, you know, get to travel, all over the place. I get to meet a bunch of people that I never would have met. I'm sure if I had never joined the military, you know, I, I get to experience new things. I get to learn a bunch of just stuff that like the general population does not get to know. And those are my treats. And, and then, you know, they give you the click saying, Hey, you can stay in this job click, you know, you can, get praise by getting an award for something that you've done click right but you're doing the same thing over and over and you're starting to hear this click and all of a sudden they start taking away the treats but you were still going to perform you know the dog is still going to sit without the tree he's still gonna sit right. with just the click because he associates that with something positive with with a treat or or with praise or with a belly rub or something like that and all of these little you know, small belly rubs essentially from being able to be a part of this organization, because there are a lot of good things that happen with it. And so I guess like, that's how I felt with, with getting the vaccine, right. Where initially they were like, Hey, you know, we think it's important for everybody to wear a mask. So everybody's going to wear a mask. And all of us are so used to just hearing that click where we're like, okay, if we wear the mask, something good might happen, right? If we wear the mask, we may not have to six months, you know, not thinking about science or viruses or however pandemics actually work. We're like, you know what? We're going to do what we're told because every time we do what we're told, we get a treat or we get just the click, the just, you know, audible, audible. Um, sound saying hey you did a great job by doing what you're told right so it started with the mask and then it's like hey like we're gonna offer the vaccine for anybody that wants it right and the people that wanted it got it and I th- I think that they thought that they were going to get some type of click or treat or something like that and it never happened however the people that didn't get it are The beaten puppies. Right. You know what I mean? saying like, oh, well, are you sure that you've got, you know, the the brains or the capacity or knowledge or research or anything to validate you not wanting to get it, right?
0: Did Uh, Did that cause contention within the ranks?
1: No, nobody gives a shit. Like, okay, so in my opinion, right? So say I've got like everybody, everybody in my... You know, everybody that I work with wants to get vaccinated. They all get vaccinated, right? I'm the only one that doesn't. Nobody that has gotten it has said, oh, well, like, look at that leper for not getting the COVID vaccination, you know, because everybody's got their reason. And at the end of the day, you may be family in some aspects because, like, you're kind of all we have sometimes, but you're my coworker. And so if you worked at like a grocery store or a gym or at the post office or something like that, like you see these people all the time, but they've got lives outside. Like what you do is none of my business and I can give a shit less, you know, cause I still have my life outside of this. This is why I think it's important that I got it. And, and, and it's not my business why you did or did not Right. And I think that that's easier in the military, Right. Absolutely. Then it is outside because I've seen so much stuff, you know, social media and everything like that. And even within my own family, right? I've got some people that I've chosen to be vaccinated, some people that I've chosen not to be vaccinated, right? In the military specifically, I would say, yes, it was incentivized, right? If you got the vaccination, you got the treat, you got to leave, you got to go off base, you got to not wear your mask, you got to do all this stuff, whereas if you didn't, you know, you were being reprim not necessarily, not officially reprimanded so far.
0: Um, from the civilian side of things, I mean, we've just been hammered. I mean, we, we've we even had the president himself basically say that if you're not vaccinated, you're you're the one killing people. Right. You know, that kind of rhetoric doesn't help. It doesn't make you want to go to the the pharmacy and 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 get the vaccine when that's how you're being treated. Uh, Hollywood obviously is has, has has pitched into that as well, and and that's the thing that's really crappy is at the end of the day, right or wrong, it should. I I feel like it should still be a choice.
1: One hundred percent. I truly believe in the whole like bodily autonomy and everything like that. Right, like you should choose what goes into your body but
0: you're in a different you're in a different situation like joining the military is like having a a a, well costco membership for instance like when you go to walmart and you're you're leaving they do their little um we're going to accost you we want to see your receipt and and see that you've proven that well you don't have to stop for them you can walk right out there's nothing that they can do but costco when you sign up for that membership that is that is in their bylaws. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, you you can become a member, but this is what you're going to be subjected to when when you go through. You are required to show your proof of purchase at the door and they are going to look over your receipt and make sure that you're not stealing anything. So from the military standpoint, I can see that. And you signed a contract with the military, you've got to travel to other countries. Right. You're kind of between a rock and a hard place, but on the civilian side, you know, that narrative is still being pushed. No, you have to have this done or we're not going to let you fly on airplanes. We're not going to let you go to NBA games. That is the part that I felt was kind of like, wow, this well, is Well, I think weird.
1: that that's super unique and fortunate to being in the military is that, like like I said, nothing bad, I would say, career-wise has happened to anybody that has chosen not to. But it is also unique in the fact that, like, this isn't something that we've had to deal with as a society, as an organization, as a as a membership even – Um, See, in the press comes
0: out and says, oh, yeah, a third of the military. Have been dishonorably discharged. Well, I mean, there's a billboard
1: down the street that says, you know, how many people in Kansas do you think have the vaccination? You think, I don't know, three hundred thousand. They're like, Oh, well, actually it's one point seven million and <laughs> you start to question, like, damn, are there even one point seven million people <laughs> <Right>. in Kansas? <laughs> right. So, you know, people are gonna say what they're gonna say on, on the media and on Facebook and in the news and everything like that. And and really like the only person that can be unbiased towards what you believe and what you see and everything like that and how you perceive things is yourself. Right. Right. And, and I think that we have been fortunate enough to where there has not been actually any, what I would consider bad things happening to those members of the military that have chosen not to get it.
0: Sure. So if you were sheltered from social media and, didn't know who who the president of the United States was. Is there is there much change procedurally going from like Trump to a Biden administration?
1: At the end of the day, the president doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like that's kind of my boss, right? And I'm gonna do what I'm told what if to I do. want to, you know, maintain my job. Sure, sure, okay. So, so I no, I, so in some in some ways, yes, I do think that. It matters a little bit on, like, who's president, just, like, based on, like, the majority's views and everything like that, what they might do. But you don't know what people might do. You know, you kind of just take it day day by day, but you know when you sign up that there's a chance that things can go south. Sure. And you still have to make that sacrifice. You still have to make that choice and say, hey, I know that this could be great. It could be awful, but I'm willing to take that chance, you know. Regardless of the cards that are played in front of you, you're still playing the game. Sure. Not, not that it's a game, but you know you're you're in it for as long as you signed up for.
0: And you've obviously enjoyed the journey. I mean, you've had an opportunity to um, opt out of your contract already, right? And you've extended. I did. I did. And you obviously feel awesome about that.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's, that's I don't cool. I don't regret it at all. Um, I've had you know a lot of good times. I've had a lot of bad times. Um, I've met a lot of great people. You know, some people that I still consider some of my best friends. You that's know, that's nice of but, you to say, <laughs> especially <laughs> you, Josh. Um, some people that I consider really close. And and I I just think that it's uh, it, it's based a lot of like your perspective, like you know, and being an optimist versus a pessimist, and and trying to learn lessons from the cards that you're dealt and trying to gain knowledge and gain experience and everything like that like I I feel like I'm not so much a doer because I know how to do I am a learner and I'm a doer because I know how to learn from what I'm doing
0: but you still but you do sacrifice a lot though I mean Yes, the the you, you enjoy your job and that's that's amazing. And you're very positive about your outlook on that. But relationship wise, family wise, like there's a lot of things that you have to give up being in the service that you don't normally have with a with a civilian job. Right. How how has that been? I, I haven't even asked you. Do you do you have a boyfriend? Are you do you have a husband?
1: No, no, no. I'm divorced. You're divorced. I'm divorced. Um, And I have chosen to briefly date somebody after this. And this is years ago that I did get divorced. Um, But I'd I'd say family is a lot bigger than just your spouse or your immediate family. You know, family is a lot about the people that you hold dear to you. Um, And it wasn't until over six years of my service obligation that I truly felt homesick. Where I started to question, hey, am I making the right choice? You know, I've already gone past my first contract. You know, I've only gone home a couple of times, but I was taking advantage of the opportunity to travel and meet new people and go new places. And I was like, well, what the hell does home have to offer for me? Were you, you know? married?
0: Were you married prior to your service? No, I wasn't. So just give me that timeline really quick. Uh, so you got married while you were while you were in your service?
1: I did. Um, I was already at my second duty station, and um, I met my ex at Midget Wrestling. My
0: ex. Why do you think they get titled ex?
1: I, I, I'd say ex <laughs> as in...
0: It kind of gives you a bad... You know what I mean? My ex.
1: I, I guess doesn't that's doesn't sound like what positive at it all. It doesn't. So my uh, previous
0: my previous relationship relationship sure <laughs>
1: yeah i um uh, my ex-wife um I don't know where X came from. That's just what I use. No,
0: it's just funny every Uh, time I hear X. It's like, oh, it's just It's not a huge red X
1: or 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 red flag or anything. No, (laughs) it's not. It's just that's like the the terminology that we were gifted to use for those types of situation. And and um, you know, I'm grateful to have experienced it. Um, it was some of the best and worst times I'd say of my life.
0: But did the, Um, but did the military affect that relationship?
1: Sure. 100%.
0: And that's what I'm saying. 100%. So do you think, do you think if you would have been in that relationship outside of the military, would it have been a little easier?
1: It's hard to say. Okay. It's hard to say. And I maybe have a little bit of a weird perspective on this. Just, you know, being a woman in the military, a female as a lot of people and and I'd say like as a female service member that a lot of times the word female gets such a negative connotation connotation you know it's like you know female fitness standards female colleagues female this female that blah 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 all of that shit um so I think that people that have been in relationships or marriages or anything prior to their service, you know, more power to them if they can go through all of the stuff that people have to go through. And um, I was presented this ideal at one point that you have to treat your relationships the way that you would treat something that you think is valuable, right? Like some tangible thing that you think is valuable. Say you've got a piggy bank right? And you love this piggy bank and you are saving up for something and, and relationship wise that something is a, you know, retirement, maybe um, a life in the future where you can sit there and watch your children grow up and watch your grandchildren grow up and say, Hey, I've done something in my life. You know, you are constantly contributing to this piggy bank of life, Right and and you put your money in, you know, you're like, oh, I was successful at this, so I'm gonna throw a quarter and I'm gonna throw a dollar in, or every time I say I love you to my spouse, I'm gonna throw five bucks in. You know, you have to continuously put money for or invest yeah. into your love bank of right. whatever that is, whether it's your job, or your relationships, or your friendships and everything like that. And um, I I think that it's awesome that people that have Prior relationships, prior to a military service, can maintain that piggy bank without it cracking into a million sure. peaches, and you going broke and no longer having that support or that love or anything. Um, but you know, it it definitely does come with a cost. Being in the military, you know, like the long nights. You know, you I've got to pull a dollar out for this. You know, I can't I can't afford to maintain my relationship. With you if I don't pull out five dollars to maintain my relationship with my job or was, or, your,
0: was your wife in the military as well? No. no. OK, so that's a little. So if you were transferred somewhere, at least she'd be able to go with you.
1: Um. Yes. Yes. Um. But also she was kind of exposed to the mi- military life prior because her dad was in the military, you okay. know, so she moved all around. So I think she kind of had a little bit of a better understanding, knowing that I would not completely be present all the time. Right. But people's normal thoughts on the military, it's like, yeah, you've got somebody there and. They're present when they're here and when we're together and everything like that. And then they deploy, right? And they're gone for, you know, way back, like 18 months, two years, one year, 15 months, nine months, six months, whatever. They're gone for this amount of time and you're able to deal with that. But I think our downfall was I would invest a lot more into my job. I Granted, yes, I loved my wife, Right. And I, and I say loved lightly because I don't think you ever truly stop loving somebody that you love. You know, you invest your love in and everything unless they do you completely dirty and no longer become deserving of the love that you have to give. You've already spent that and you've already given it to them. So, yes, I did love her. Um, the mark lot of will times, always be there, though, right. regardless. But a lot of times I would, you know, put a lot. More into my work's piggy bank and give a lot more to my job to where when I would come home, you know, I'd admit my faults. You know, I wasn't the most present when I was even in person because I was like, man, well, I don't even want to talk to you because I've been talking to dumbasses all day, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at work, or I don't want to, you know, spend time with you because all I want to do is relax because you give so much sometimes to your job and everything like that and so when you come home you're just like hey like like I'm done I'm tired I want to relax I don't want to talk about it and and a lot of times I think that some some military spouses take that personally because they're like oh shit like what did I do you know um especially and I can't say especially in my specific situation I did not require or request my spouse to work. Um, she was a full time student. Um, and so a lot of times I feel like there's like, hey, like man, you know, my spouse in the military—they're giving up a lot. They're the breadwinners. They're doing all of this stuff. Like, what did I do wrong? You know, I I didn't have the dishes done. I didn't have the laundry done. I didn't go out and get a job. I didn't do this, that, and the other. And I think that that takes such a huge toll that like I think any relationship in the military is difficult and i don't think that people are always prepared to have to go through things that are not just deployments you know just day to day things like a lot of the stressors and everything like that and and um i i think maybe that's where like my even perspective comes in from it is that like like you have to not only deal with just your husband or wife that's in the military right you've got their coworkers you have their leaders you have their friends you have um you know, people that they run into, and you may not always think like, hey, that's the best person you should be hanging out with, like, or I don't think you should be friends with them, or this, that, and the other, and I think that I personally catch a lot of that sometimes, because like, in general, in society, you know, you have a Boyfriend or girlfriend, even I, and I think that I'm maybe a little bit unbiased, just because I was married to a woman. You know, I've had boyfriends in the past, but a lot of times people don't want to see. Okay, hold on. Their- sorry,
0: sorry. So <laughs> you, you, uh, you're not just on the girls' team.
1: I dabble with men.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I dabble with men.
0: Um, <laughs> and okay, I have to ask now. I'm not trying to segue to anything, but how has it been? What has been the the major differences dating women and men? Because there's not a lot of people that get that opportunity, so I'm just curious. Like, what have you in the relationship arena? How different is it is? How different has it been between men and women?
1: I feel like this is going to sound really funny. I feel so bad for straight men.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Having to deal with men with women um, because I feel like I have the luxury of having the perspective of a woman and kind of having a little bit of an understanding, you know, from like just a woman's perspective that, God, women are so complicated.
0: See, and it's weird because from from my very uh, from the very beginning, like I would always hang out with girls, mostly because that's what was available at the time but, uh, my, my best friends growing up were, were girls. And I, I, I feel like I get along better with girls than I do with, with guys. And I obviously have, have close guy friends, but I mean, even up through high school, my, the, the closest friends I had were, were girls. I mean, they would sleep over at my house. I wouldn't think anything of it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm hanging out with my friend. And Everyone in the neighborhood would freak the hell out. They're like, "Why do you have a bunch of girls sleeping over at your son's house?" He wants to be the next Hugh Hefner. I don't know what else to say. But it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with that. They were just my they were just my buddies. So I it's funny to hear I a lot of a lot of women that I talk to about this say, "Oh, I couldn't I can't stand women. It's hard for me to get along with women." And I'm like, oh, I just get along with women great." But. No
1: and I do too one hundred percent i I prefer well i I guess I can't say that I have a preference, right? I like my interactions and my relationships, platonic or otherwise, to be with people, regardless of your genitals. you know, I don't care if you're a woman, a man, of both whatever, right um but like I said, i think I think that maybe I can sometimes sometimes like sympathize with men when it comes to women, because I know I can be complicated. I know I'm not like every other woman on this planet, but I know there's gotta be somebody else like me. Um, where I was just like sitting there, I was like, man, like it is really hard to have a girlfriend. And then it was really (laughs) hard to have a wife and you know, men can be can be complicated in their own ways but you know at least i have the benefit and the luxury of being a woman and having a woman's perspective to be able to think like rationally like oh like this kind of makes sense to me like i still don't agree with it and and i'm trying to like place myself in a you know man's perspective even in the relationship a male's um role in a relationship and be like oh like this is it's a little bit weird, but like I get it cuz I'm a girl, so like it just it's just going to fly. How do you, you know? how do you
0: decide in in a in a same-sex relationship who's going to be called the husband and who's going to be called the wife?
1: There's not a husband and wife in a same-sex relationship.
0: But you refer to your spouse as your wife.
1: Yes. And I am also her wife.
0: Holy that's hell. that's that's kind of one of those so two things wives. I guess
1: um You know, luckily for me, I've been exposed to a lot of different types of relationships and friendships and all of this stuff. So my 26 years old. So so my older
0: (laughs) (laughs) you've already been like, this is just killing me. Like, did you come out of your mom and then just go to college and then you were like, hey, I'm ready to take on the world.
1: Oh, I had gray hairs coming out. of (laughs) the Not really. I've got them now, but we do hair dye. Um I don't know. It's just like, I think a lot of uh, uh, my perspective and the way I think and everything has to do with my exposure for one. Um, I, th- I think a lot of times people until they gain a sense of self are a product of their environment. Um, but I, I've kind of like learned to take things in and I'm like, if I don't know, what I want to be or who I want to be as an adult as a partner as a worker in the workforce as a leader as a you know a stranger even to people if if I don't know what I want to be like a lot of times I've experienced some shit where I'm just like damn I know exactly what I don't want to be like. Right. Right. And so I think that that has kind of helped like mold me into the person that I am today. You don't
0: necessarily know where you're going, but you know where you've been. Right. And that gives you a clear indication of what you want moving forward.
1: At least, at least a, um, I I wouldn't even say a map, you know, because you never know the journey that you're going to take, at least like a little bit of an idea of where you want to go. And you're like, hey, you know, I've seen this fork in the road before and that looks a little scary over there. So I'm going to stray away from that because I know that this this other side may not work. But I know for a fucking fact that that side like is not going to work for me. So
0: how have you remained single? Are you just are you hell bent on not on not getting serious with anyone until after your your military experience? Would you get married again? Is it hard being single? I've just asked you like ten questions. I apologize,
1: okay. um, how have I been single this long, Lord? Um I I like, feel like, like okay, like, I feel like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? All right. I am working on myself, and I do not think that I could give anybody else as much as they, in my opinion, deserve from me. In a relationship right now. And you know. Call me selfish for saying like. Hey like I don't want to give a lot of myself. I want to give you 100%, 100%. That's all I've got to give. But I'm still working on myself. And I cannot pour from an I, empty cup. I don't cup. think that's selfish at you all. Know?
0: I think if more people were honest with themselves. I mean how can you truly love somebody else. Uh, until you love yourself. Until you have. Um, a clear indication of what you're about. Like that's one of the things that 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 uh, I felt like was a common denominator when I first met you. Your outlook seems to be uh, a lot in line with mine. That way, as far as I kind of felt comfortable in my skin at an early age. Um, yes, I've had uh, you know um, self. I've been self conscious at times about the way I've looked or this, that, or the other. But I'm I'm comfortable with Josh. Hanson you know what I mean and I I think there's a lot to be said in knowing yourself and being comfortable with yourself before you are expected to give yourself an energy to somebody else when you really don't truly know how to do that for yourself
1: I I think that a lot of it has to do with like maybe humility and thinking that like you can do better and be better for yourself because like you can't control the amount of love that you have for somebody else. You can't control the amount of love you want to give somebody else. And um, a lot of times when I found myself struggling with loving myself, you know, I've still wanted to give a lot more to my friends or my relationships and everything. And, and maybe that's just the type of person I am. You know, like I may not truly love who I am or where I am right now, but I know and I am confident in the type of love I can give to you I mean I'm not gonna you know bullshit you right and and say like hey I'm this awesome person I can be like this 100% of the time I can give you all of this love I can give you all of this support I can be this person that I am presenting to you right now but also I think like I said it takes a lot of excuse me humility in knowing that like I may not be my best self but this is the me that you've got And this is the me that I've got to give. And, and I think like there are going to people be people that want to accept you the way that you are. There's going to be people that want to help you grow and encourage you and everything. There's going to be people that are going to reject you. And at the end of the day, you can't control that. You know, you just have to be yourself and, and, You know, you are going to be, whether you're married or single, you're going to be the only person that you are going to sleep to every night and waking up to every morning. Right. You know, one point in your life, if you're married or not, like you're going to wake up by yourself, you know, God forbid your spouse dies or whatever, Um, so I think you just have to like be your biggest fan and root for yourself and encourage yourself enough to be like, Hey, like, even though I may be feeling down and may not feel great about myself right now, I know that I can be this awesome person that has so much love to give and so much energy to give off and, and so much absorbing to do from other people's energies that you just kind of have to just be.
0: So are you are you just like on the, I'm not going to date, I'm not going to like, where, where do you stand now relationship wise?
1: I don't think that I have met anybody at this point that has reciprocated my energy. Interesting. You know, I, I just think that, you know, sometimes I'm on a different level than somebody is. I think that, you know, sometimes we're just not matching energies. And I also haven't really found anybody that has made me challenge myself into thinking like, hey, like I could do better, I could be better, or anything like that. You know, I, I feel like I come off as, you know, I'm just I'm tooting my own horn here. You know, I come off as a nice person. I come off as a generous person. I'm kind, you know, I'm caring. And I do a lot for people that I care about, whether we just met or if I've known you for years. And I think a lot of people want to take advantage of that, but they never want to truly get to know you and who you are. And You know, I've met a lot of, like, suckers in my life where they just want to, like, take and take and suck and get as much as they can out of you. But I'm, like, sitting over here, like, okay, like, what do you have to offer? Whether that's, you know, like, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, like, something grandiose. You know, you can give me the boost of confidence that I need. You can give me the drive to move further in my career. You can give me the you know, excitement of going on a motorcycle ride or something like that. There's always something that somebody can add value to your life. And I'm not talking value like monetary value, obviously. I'm talking like no, you're looking like for, for like, a return like, on investment for energy. Right. right. Either right? you are going to receive compassion. You are going to receive love. You're going to receive um friendship. You're going to receive, you know, enthusiasm you're going to receive support and all of these great things but sometimes there's value in mistakes you know sometimes you're going to receive negativity sometimes you're going to receive rejection and like you just have to take
0: it do you want to do you want to hear my spiel on energy yes so well first of <laughs> all well, well first of all like you 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 have you've we've briefly had conversations And out of the blue, I'm like, hey, you want to come over and be on this, this podcast, which totally freaking awesome that you're here. Uh, But why did you come? When I asked you to, to come, why, why were you willing to take your time to come and do this?
1: I think you did a really good job initially <laughs> selling it to me. You're like, hey, like I've got this podcast this is something I've been working <laughs> really hard on. Like, I think you should totally do it. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I like to talk and I like to have conversations with people. And honestly, I was thinking the other day, and I'm just being completely honest, I was like, man. I just told this dude I was going to be on his podcast, okay? <laughs> and I was like, I have regrets. Like, I I don't really want to do this just because I don't know. I did not know what you were all about, and it honestly sure. took me listening to your last two shows, your pilot and your first series, or I don't know, episode your episode. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they call them? Um, to really, I guess, get where you're coming from, and. I, you know, I talked to you about it afterwards and and was even more willing to come. You know, I, I pulled into the driveway. I could have just backed out completely, you know. Um, one, I wouldn't do that to you cuz you're my friend, but two, you, I thought that what you were doing was was so good. Like you said so many good things in your introduction and everything and and you know, you wanted the feedback and everything and I thought that I was sitting in the bar with you like we do you know I thought that I was sitting in the same room with you I thought that we were connecting on the level that we connect and you don't always get that from a lot of people and I'm hoping you know I'm hoping that this reaches you know across the entire globe (laughs) um but even the small amount of people that it may reach or the large amount of people or whatever that there there's somebody out there right that can listen to this and they can like feel like they're there. Like I did when I first listened to your podcast, I was like, Hey, like, you know, I found myself interacting with just you talking and, and, you know, just you guys talking and being like, Oh yeah. Like I agree with that and everything. And it's kind of relatable. And if it's not relatable for everybody, that's fine. Um, but I just thought that like you and I already have great conversation. And I think that sometimes, and maybe that's for the, me oversharing sometimes but i'm a very open person i think you've no, talked about the this same before. thing well it's a risk
0: it's right. you never know you never know what your return on investment is is going to be and that's kind of why i it wasn't a trick question but when i i look at that people and their time as a currency when i ask someone to spend time with me the way i look at energy now is a currency. I'm asking you for a loan. You're you're giving me that loan in hopes that you're you're going to get that back with a return on investment. To your point, that's how relationships are.
1: Should work, yes, especially Absolutely. when it comes to energy as a currency. Right, because you know, your like, energy you know is you a currency. Right, because you only have energy. so much energy. Right, and you know that you do not want negative energy in your right. life because that does not, you know, gain you friends, it does not gain you money, even it does not further you in your career, in your life, in your goals, anything like that. I hate focusing and hate is a very strong word. I hate focusing on negativity and negative things and negative energy. And I just choose not to have those things in my life. So if I feel like a connection with somebody with your energies and everything like that, like I am all for it because it's not like it's, you can tell with somebody and their energy and everything like that, like your interaction that you're going to have with them, whether it's going to clash Right, i've had to re- remove myself from hanging out with people
0: but then you have the vampires because i like said is the crashed. suckers right that just you don't ever get a return on investment right. you hang out with them you're giving them loans in 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 uh in form of your energy you're never getting anything back mm-hmm. and so it's depleting Yes. And so there's nothing wrong in your life with relationships or anything else to ask that question which I thought was brilliant. What am I going to get out of it? When you're talking about dating and giving your time and energy to somebody, am I going to get that back? And I think some people get caught up in in saying, "Oh, you just you shouldn't expect something" back from somebody no there's nothing wrong with wanting a return on investment we do that with everything right you obviously there was a part of you rather you were taking a gamble in this situation or not you came you you gave the investment in hopes that you would derive something positive or maybe even gain something from that and that's how I look at people's time and energy it's the one element you can't get back once you once you've spent the time you've spent the time
1: we can get energy back but we can't get
0: time back it is it sucks i think it was uh one of my favorite movies star trek that one of the quotes was time is the fire in which we burn (laughs) and sometimes it does it does feel like that is true um especially when you have kids like that's like the first time for me i want a time to slow down I'm like, oh man, I would do anything to slow this down now. Before, I always wanted it just to go, and then you run into something that you feel your energy is worth is worthwhile, and you're like, okay, now I want things to to stop because, it, it, I guess a more more sad way of looking at it, like when you have a kid, you've got 18 summers. That's it. Yeah, you got 18 summers with that. And bless those kid. who
1: get the longer ones after that. Yeah, you know, people who choose to be exactly. a part of their parents' lives,
0: and, and that's why um, I am so driven by people and and energy. Like I don't talk to everyone like I talked to you, but there is a frequency that I feel like people send off, and I felt like with with um, a lot of the people that I've met in town, um, Sean Cole's been on the on the show. Um, uh, so has uh, uh, Bongo Charlie and and those guys, you know, I felt like we were aligned and there was something to derive out of that. And it's great because sometimes you even learn from those people. That's why I did this, is it's cool to sit down with someone like you. I'm never going to be in your shoes, but your experience has given me insight and given me a different appreciation for other things. And It's, it's the only way we truly get to know where we sit in the scheme of things together. Right. Is by, is by knowing what makes each other tick. And I think it's a brilliant way. Or
1: what makes each other happy. Right.
0: You know. Right. Because no one can make you happy. No. I hear that all the time. Oh, I just want someone that will make me happy. Look, you, no one, I can't. I can't rely on the person I'm in a relationship with to make me happy. Right. I have to make myself happy and then add whatever they're going to bring into that mix. Right. And so many people like have that. to elevate yourself and right. like your
1: your community of the people that you're around and the people that you surround yourself with, right? Like it 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 is you're right. Like it is a return on your investment like People that are adding value to your life, but yes. sometimes the value in learning lessons. And you know, that was another thing that they add, like some people you've got to kick, kick the curb and be like, hey, like this person was not really good for me, you know, and and you gained experience, I guess.
0: Well, and you've got it even better because, you know, you're in the situation where your positive energy, I'm sure, affects many you you exude that 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 positive energy. It's a it's a, a a draw, a gravitational draw. You're just the way you carry yourself. You're approachable. You know what I mean. And it's, it's well, I
1: think like when when I think of energy, right? I like I think it's bigger than your body, right? Like it's just like this energy you know that comes off of you your aura your your vibes and everything that you You know (laughs) that from across the room you can tickle somebody else with your energy by just being you and stuff and that's what draws other people to you is because like they want to feel that energy you know they always want to feel the good energy and stuff like that and i think that's what draws people together and what makes people want to talk to people and everything because you know i didn't know you from Adam. When I first met you and we sat down and had a, what, four hour conversation when we first met. Yeah. Right. And I've lived here for, I mean, on and off, um, four years. Right. And we have people come and go all the time. Right. And you don't spend your time or your energy on people that you don't think matter.
0: Right. Or sometimes you think that you're not going to, and then you're pleasantly surprised. That's the that's the nut that's hard to crack. You're kind of easier on that side because like I said, you you kind of have a sign that says welcome. Other people are more closed off and you have to you have to whittle down the defenses to get into the maybe they've been hurt before, maybe they're just not uh, willing to, to share themselves because they've been discarded in the past, but everyone has a story. Right. And I guess in a roundabout way what I'm saying is it's just it's it's people like you in the world that make the world a better place and people are fucking awesome. They just they just are. Like people from all walks of life if you're just given a chance to to just sit down and have a conversation like this. I feel like I feel like we've we've missed the boat on that. Now it's all keyboard warriors that sit behind a computer and spit out their their negativity and their opinions. They're never held accountable for it. And that conversation never goes anywhere because it's just filled with hate. And there's no comfort there.
1: Right. I think that a lot of times people just, like, miss the mark in, like, what their role is as a person, right? Like, everybody's got to be important. Well, you don't have to be important for somebody. But, like, every person is special in the sense that they have a role in somebody's life, right?
0: And the fact that you figured that out at 20—I didn't know that that shit at 26— like, I, you know, like the, the fact that you've, that's what was so impressive about getting to talk to you. Uh, I, I know that age doesn't matter to some extent, but at the same time, experience does. And I don't know what the hell you've experienced in your life to bring you to this um, philosophy, but it's it's damn cool. So you won't ring your bell, so I'll ring it for you. It's, it's refreshing to see another human being. That has an outlook like you do. Thank goodness for the good souls that make life better.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: And uh, I, I just really appreciate you. You're going to have to come on again. Oh we're going to ha- <laughs> yeah, have to do this again.
1: I don't know if this, this episode is going to be long enough because I've fucked
0: up. But I would definitely uh, love to have you on again because you're awesome. Thank you. So, I,
1: I attribute a lot of my awesomeness to the blessings that I've received. Truly blessed. Like, I, I've received a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion in my life from people when I've made mistakes.
0: Are you a religious person?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'd yeah. I, i I'd say that I'm more spiritual than religious. I have experienced religion before. I was born Mormon. I was never baptized. You um,
0: were born Mormon? I
1: was born. Oh I think I was born Mormon. Right? It doesn't really work like that. Um, my older sister was baptized when she was eight. Um. We weren't old enough, and from my understanding, um, it's not like other like Christian religions where you know you get baptized as a baby. You know, you go to your school and they want you to learn about the religion and they want you to have the choice and make the choice. She was given the choice on whether or not she wanted to be baptized, and she was given it when she was eight, and she chose to be baptized. And you know, unfortunately or fortunately or not, I I couldn't say. Um, my do you know Do you know where other I grew sister, up? In Utah, yeah, yeah, that dude, <laughs> I mean, I
0: that's know you're crazy. one of those. You're one of those people, <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> and you know, we were very quickly, quickly thrown into Catholicism. Once my dad met my mom, my mom, who I consider my mom, my stepmother. Um, she's been a part of my life since a very young age, and you know she is part of a very like traditional Mexican household. you know all of them are Catholic. we are going to catechism you know i I got baptized, I chose my godparents, you know, I did my first communion, and that's as far as it went there's there's multiple different echelons of your holiness before you get to heaven. I think the last one's probably death, but like in, in Catholicism, you know, you do all of these steps kind of to, to validate your place in the religion and your place in heaven and everything like that. And we got to the first communion and, you know, our family fell away from the church and we stopped going and everything. And, and we went through a lot. And so you start to question, is there a God, you know, is, is there something out to get me, you know, did I fuck up? Did I mess up in a previous life? Even, you know, you start contemplating, you know, other religions and other possibilities and science and everything like, you know, maybe I was a dog that killed rabbits for fun. Even when I wasn't hungry, you know, and I come back as a kid and I have to go through a bunch of shit just because I was having fun, you know, you start to question all of this stuff and So I stopped going to church and my sister stopped going to church. And again, you know, we kept going through stuff and she went through a really, really hard time in her life. You know, she was hospitalized. She was in a mental institution and she swore that she saw God or Jesus or somebody, some light or energy or something speaking to her not in you know english or anything that we know but but speaking to her soul and to her body and everything saying hey like i'm here this is not the end for you and everything and so the closest thing she knew to that was going to church right so she started going to this church and she found an awesome one and i i found one here locally uh, not i mean about a half hour away that's very similar to where it's not like you know you go in you sit down you do the sermon you leave right and like you know your parents your mom and dad have to talk for four fucking hours and you know you're (laughs) just there all day and it's boring and you fall asleep and they hit you if you're falling asleep and (laughs) you know you have to make sure your shoes are polished and shit no like we went to this place where you know everybody's wearing jeans and they have a live band with drums and guitars and all of that stuff and everybody's singing and the music just moves you, right? And I remember crying the first time I ever went to this church because like the music just moved me and I felt touched like spiritually, right? Like this is something that I wanted to do. So no matter where I've been, you know, in my journeys, you know, high school, you know, college afterwards, joining the military, I've always tried to find churches or communities religious communities essentially that were very similar to this right where you've got like the christian rock you have like pastors who are able to speak to you as a person and not like an audience you know people that like kind of dumb down the teachings not that i'm dumb but like something that's right. understandable you know god the Bible's so hard to understand sometimes I, I think that I just like connect with music, right? And and what I'm feeling in that time where I can just release my thoughts and just close my eyes and just feel the vibrations and listen to the sounds coming through my head and just think like, hey, I'm connected somewhere down here, but I feel almost elevated where there is something way up wherever it is, where whether it's a god or an alien or Mother Earth or something like that that is out there that is larger than myself, But it doesn't make me feel small. It makes me feel heard. It makes me feel important. It makes me feel like I have a purpose somewhere. Somewhere there is written that I've got this purpose. I don't know what it is, um, but I felt that. But I remember, like you know, also in high school being exposed to like witchcraft and all of that stuff. (laughs) Like I, you know, I've gone through my own shit. And you know, one of my aunt's best friends, uh, she's a witch. And I was taking medication, you know, and I couldn't sleep for the life of me. And she, like, said that she put this spell on me. And that was, like, the first night that I slept in I don't know how long. Right? So I was like, oh, that's a little weird. That's, like, something against from what I'm used to. Yeah, and then, you know, seriously. Like, like it burn at the stake or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, creepy as hell. But, like, it worked for me. So I was like, okay, you know, like – What I was raised on is not the end all be all of like the possibilities that could happen and the possibilities of what could be helpful to people. You know, there's a lot of things that you learn in religion that could be harmful to people. You know, that's going to harm your ability to be a good person. That's going to harm your ability to make it into whatever oasis awaits you after the time that you spend here. And I think I've learned to kind of just create those essentially ideals that it could be a reality now like like what like there's no way that there is like in my opinion Right, that I, I just think that like you can make the best of what you have right now, and you can do better for yourself and you can enjoy the moment and you can make these moments great and you can laugh and exude this energy of just positivity and other people feed off of that and it just becomes this like massive thing where you move mountains just with like being friendly and making friends and and just having a good time and and you create all of these memories and experiences and everything with people that you essentially have to make it like you're quote-unquote like heaven on earth
0: well i i had to get to the point because i obsessed over it for a long time um i had to come to a point where i realized it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if there's a god it doesn't matter if there's a jesus it it doesn't matter i i live my life as if they exist um but i i feel the most important thing is the relationships we have with each other. And that's it. Just be the best person you can uh, within your realm of understanding and let the the chips fall where they may because there's nothing we can do regardless. Rather, there is or isn't. It doesn't make a difference. We're here in the tangible now. Right. And I would rather spend my time worshiping the tangible than wasting it wishing that I could appease a spiritual dictator that I don't know exists
1: right and it's almost more fulfilling even to feel good about yourself in the way that you act with people and in the way you interact with people you're like hey like you know I and it's almost like little tiny validations right like like I could have made that person's day by smiling at him I could have you know Brighten that person's moment by like telling a dad joke or whatever, you right. know, like offering to pay for somebody's Starbucks drink, you know, pay for somebody's gas, you know, picking up something that somebody else drops, you know, just making people's lives better. And it's all these little tiny achievements, right, that just feel so good to you because you didn't have to do that. Right. But, you know, and it feels good and fuzzy in your soul that you did it because you're not seeking for that outward, right. you know validation from your god or or whoever or whatever is out there You're just doing you know, it you just have to, to do it right? Person, right and you also just don't want to be a dick right no, because no. you know that doing nasty <laughs> things to people results in i'm not saying like karma or anything but like that results in nasty things happening to you and that's just like an energy thing for me i had a situation once where um my great grandmother and my cousin passed in a very short period of time. And I, you know, started going just down this really dark hole. And there was some girl who I thought that I could confide in. And she was a friend of a friend or a friend of a couple friends. And I was just like, man, like she just seems so nice. Like I just need to be surrounded by positivity right now. Like I really just need to reach out to her to be around her. And so my friends like kind of like set it up to where I can go over to her house and we can talk and everything. And we spent the whole night talking. I went home. And so she reached out to me the next day and said, hey, like, can I, I just, I need to get something off my chest. Like, please, can I come over? And I was like, oh, well, shit. Like, what did I say? You know, what did I do? You know, did I rub her the wrong way? Did I like, was I too much and stuff like that? And so she came over and, um, she was like, hey, like, um, I just want to apologize Because I have hated you for 10 months now. And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, shit, like, I thought we were friends.
0: (laughs) Like, I thought things were going good, right?
1: Like, I, I just confided in you. I'm going through a really hard time. Like, and I was just like, why? And she was just saying, you know, that like, she just didn't like me for some reason. So she said that she would spread rumors about me. She would speak badly about me in town about people like to people that I worked with. To she would if I would go out to you know the local bars down in Manhattan, you know she would she would see who I'd shut up with and be like, oh, you don't want to hang out with her and all of this stuff, right? Come to find out, she just like she had a crush on somebody else that had a crush on me that I didn't even know about, right? And and you know I've learned this over the years that like I can't control people's attraction to me or they're wanting to talk to me or anything like that, right? And at the end of it, you know, I wasn't mean to her or and I wasn't pissed. I was just like, man, like, I feel so bad. And I almost started to, like, empathize, right? Like, that you have had such negativity in your life for the past 10 months. And, like, I didn't even know about it, right? Like, if I really don't like somebody, one, I'm going to be honest. But two, like, I might try a little harder to make it a point that I don't like you. Right. I'm not going to go behind your back. I'm not going to pretend that we're friends. I'm not going to spread rumors and all this stuff. And I, j- I told her, I said, I am so sorry that you felt like that. But I didn't even know.
0: And that's the so problem. I'm sitting
1: here thinking like she spent 10 months, 10 months of her life with all of this negative, negative energy, energy, you yeah. know, and I was thriving so, so I, I think like, you know, obviously you kind of have to be like weary for some people that, that you think could be good people. And, and, um, but I think a lot of times, you know, deep down by like just based off of like the energy that they give off and everything like that, like I said, she just had all of this negative energy about her. And that's probably why we never actually hung out. It was so random and crazy that I thought that right. like she and I, you know, that I needed to go and see her considering we had never even really hung out. We were just a, a friend of her friend and come to find out it was just awful the whole time because she would just talk about me constantly and constantly and constantly i was like man like i haven't thought about you once
0: yeah well you know, that's and that's the crazy thing about about negative feelings um not forgiving people is it's like drinking poison and and hoping that the the, the person, other person dies. dies it just doesn't work that way yeah. it ends up eating at you and and if you don't release that like Right. Why would you want to carry that, that burden with you? And she finally got pushed to the point where she finally had, I mean, that could have been resolved 10 months ago. Right. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And and, and, it kind of like, yeah.
1: And it, and it says a lot about their character and everything like that. Instead of just being able to have like these conversations with people You know, like, what are you so afraid of? Like, talk to me about it. You know, is there something that I I can change about myself? You know, is there something that you would like to learn from me? You know, let's talk about it. Don't just hate me. Like, even though you don't know me, you know, which it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, people spend their negative energy on stuff like that. It really is.
0: No, it's a, it's a crazy life, but we navigate it the best we can and uh like i said i i think that um i try and be that person i feel like you are that person but to ha- be a positive force and to always uh take that first step with kindness and i cuz i do the same thing my my philosophy is just like yours when i meet someone i act like i've known them my entire life until you give me a reason that i can't trust you I'm gonna I'm gonna put it because why would you wanna live life any anyway else? Give it your all Just
1: being skeptical all yeah, the time. Just, that's not a life. Just no. being off all the time. That's no. not a life.
0: Because then you gotta fake it. Right. And then you gotta then you gotta pull hold yourself back. Don't hold yourself back. Right. Let yourself shine. If there, if you're going to find yourself um with the vampires or the suckers, mm-hmm. you hopefully you've built up your gift of discernment enough to to see that and you And you know what you You tell him? You weed the garden.
1: Yeah. And you say, look, I don't care what you heard about me. Hear it again. Yep. Hear it again. Because at the end of the day, your character, my character, is going to speak for itself.
0: That's right. Charlotte, you're freaking amazing. You're amazing. I appreciate you coming.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: For those of you still listening, we sure appreciate it. Check us out on uh, Spotify. And this is the Just Josh and You podcast saying peace be unto you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.